This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Arsenal transfer show, our daily show in which we look at Arsenal's transfers. I mean, the, the clue is in the night. This should, uh, should become very clear by now. Episode 63? 63. I'm just going to double check just to know that. Yes, 63. 63 days in a row. That's a lot. Um, and not a lot has happened in those 60 days. In fact, we are still waiting for Arsenal's first official signing. 63 days uh, in this show. We've only had one out as well. It's not like we've been majorly selling players either. We've brought in none and we've got rid of one in, in Konstantinos Mavropanos. So fingers crossed we can start to see some change because you know this is, this is getting demoralised at this stage. Anyway, good morning. I hope you're well. I hope you're good in the chat box today see plenty of you are joining us good morning from new zealand uh wrath of aries thank you so much what an interesting name you have um was that a decision from birth from your parents because if it was very strange um let's crack on with the news before the wrath of aries comes and gets me um let's go and check out bakaya saka first of all now we talked about yesterday of course uh england progressing uh to the last Four of the Euros. Uh, Saka didn't play in that game because he had a knock. Good news. I know this isn't specifically Arsenal transfer news, but it's good Arsenal news that he should be fit uh, for the semi-final against Denmark. Should be going straight back into that team, playing ahead of Jadon Sancho. 100% better player. Just, you know, just putting that out there. I'm not biased. I'm just saying. He's clearly a better player. Um, but I fingers crossed he starts for, uh, for England against Denmark and makes a big impact. Anyway, let's crack on with the main transfer news. Starting off with Matteo Genduzzi's news uh, regarding Marseille and the fact that this deal was pretty much confirmed. We saw images of him yesterday and he conducted an interview in which he said things. He said things again. He's been saying some things. Uh, and those things are as follows. To see that the club has failed to qualify for European competition for the first time in 25 years hurts deeply. Arsenal must return to where it belongs. I don't know the reasons for the failure because I wasn't there last season. But I'm concerned about the club's situation because Arsenal deserve great things. I am a gunner from the bottom of my heart and I will remain so no matter what. Now, I'm not going to go into the 
controversies. I'm going to try and break this down and go, wow, I mean, he's clearly being sarcastic. I don't know if he is being sarcastic. I don't know what he's saying. I don't really know anymore regarding kind of his motives, what he thinks or what he's saying, because he says a lot. He talks a lot, a hell of a lot. Talks better than he plays football, in my view. And I think that, yes, he's got a lot of points there, which make a lot of sense. You know, just... I appreciate the fact that you're a gunner and you're saying that from the bottom of your heart, but I really wish if that was the case, then you would have respected the club a lot more and authority a lot more and, you know, just cracked on and, and did what you needed to do to get in the Arsenal team instead of, you know, I, I think you maybe took his place at Arsenal for granted, to be honest, is, is the way I look at it anyway. You call me wrong. It's just how I see it. But he's moved. Marseille looks like it's going to be moving uh, in the next couple of days. Could be announced today. Who knows? Uh, Arsenal are set to receive around £10 million. Not this summer, but next summer, because it's a loan with an obligation to buy of around £10 million. Um, now, another player that looks like he's going to be moving to Marseille, or is he, uh, is William Saliba. Um, of course, we know a lot about the situation that dropped yesterday. There was a lot of confusion around whether or not there was an option or a buyout clause or something like that in the in the loan deal. We've been told categorically, as I said yesterday morning, that information is not true. There is no option. There is no obligation. There's no clauses in which Marseille could uh, get Saliba permanently. They wanted one. That seems to be pretty common and pretty kind of well-documented now that they did want uh, an option or an obligation to buy him for around 15 to 20 million euros was the figures being talked about. Uh, I'm glad that Arsenal haven't done that. That's a good sign uh, for his future. That's a good, good sign. So I'm happy about that. Um, but that's the thing is that we just, we just don't know uh, and we won't know uh, what his long-term future is until he comes back after this season. Now there was some interesting stuff that Arsenal seriously want him to move to a Premier League club. Marseille is not their preferred destination for him. That's his preferred destination. It seems I want him to move to a Premier League club. I'm sure lots of you guys want him to move to a Premier League club. I'm disappointed that he doesn't want to go to a Premier League club. That's a, that's a real shame for me because I'd like to see him go off and really kind of cut his teeth in the English top flight and then we can really kind of see how ready he is for the Premier League. Um, but we will only have to wait and see. It looks very much like um, he's going to be moving off to Marseille right now, but things can change very quickly. So we will have to keep an eye on that story. Emil Smith-Rowe is our next focus. And of course, Arsenal have already rejected two bids from Aston Villa, uh, one in the region of £25 million, the other in £30 million. And now supposedly um, they are going to be coming back, Aston Villa, with a £32.5 million. I mean, it's... It's getting to a joke, really. I mean, I was trying to make sense of the bid in the first place. I still think it's a little bit concerning, the fact that a club like Aston Villa are still pushing for one of our most exciting players. That should ring alarm bells in your head, to be honest. However, the fact that they have increased their initial bid, which was way under his value anyway, at 25 mil, and in two more bids, is only going up to 32.5 million. It's a bit of a joke. <laughs> it's a bit of a disgusting amount to really value a player of his quality at with two years left on his deal, uh, knocking on the England international setup for next season, I would imagine, uh, and has been, you know, really on a really upward trend and performing exceptionally well. Even when we brought in a number 10, he was still undroppable, still put him into the team. He's priceless. I couldn't put a, a figure on his head right now. I'm not going to sit here and say I think he's worth this or that or whatever. I don't think he's worth any amount to Arsenal to sell because I think the fact that he's homegrown, one of the most exciting talents in England right now, is 
enough that we should be looking to keep him no matter what. So uh, I hope that we can get this new contract sorted when he returns from holiday. I'm not sure when that is, but it could be, you know, it could be pretty soon because there were some images of, of players training yesterday at the ground. So you'd think and hope that it's very soon, if not already, and that, that a new contract will be agreed very soon. Uh, let's look at uh, Joe Willock, who, of course, has been linked with a move away to Arsenal, uh, from Arsenal to Newcastle, spent time on their loan there last season. Uh, latest news is that Newcastle is still very interested in this uh, guy and, and wanting to bring him in. And Steve Bruce specifically is a big, big fan of him, as we know. Figures have ranged from the £20 million figure to the £30 million figure. I think for £20 million, quid, that's not really enough. I think I'd be looking for more than that for a 21-year-old Prem proven who was amazing for them last season. You look at what some of the other players around are moving for, I think that closest to 30 would be a fairer price would i still sell him at that i do i am interested to see if he can be given a chance at arsenal next season to see if he can translate the goal scoring powers he had at newcastle last season into arsenal this season um but it's a really difficult one to, to obviously predict and we have the ainsley maitland niles situation where we had a good bid come in we rejected it he barely played and he's not worth that now and we will struggle to sell him this summer so i hope that we can get a very good amount of money if we do sell him if we don't, I want to see him given a chance next season. But until we see some of our artists' first kind of press conferences and the opportunity to ask him some questions, we won't know. Uh, let's go on to uh, our last possible out, and this is Granit Xhaka. Uh, of course, Switzerland were knocked out of the European Championships not so long ago by Spain. Uh, he will have a break period, but during that break period, it is expected that a move away from the club is going to be agreed. Arsenal are still standing firm on their 20 million euro valuation. Suppose that is not one that includes any kind of add-ons whatsoever. 20 million pounds is 20 million euros, sorry, is the price. If Roma don't want to pay it, he could end up staying at Arsenal at this rate. It really, really is that surprising that they are standing as firm as they are. Fair play to Arsenal for standing firm on the price. Um, because for too many too many years we've been selling players for a silly amount of money and underselling them. Uh, but I'm glad that we are going to stay on a price, which I still believe is is lower than his actual value. And so Roma really should just stump up the extra money and, and get this deal done, to be honest. They've just managed to get rid of Cenkizunde uh, to Marseille. Hopefully that frees up a little bit of money so they can get this deal done as well. Um, but we'll wait and see and see if that turns out to be the case. Uh, then, obviously, we did yesterday do this show, uh, 10 players to possibly replace Granit Xhaka. We did that yesterday. So if you haven't already checked out that video, 10 players um, that we could look to bring in uh, in that centre midfield position. If you haven't checked it out already, please make sure you do. Let's go on to possible ins. Now, Wilfred Zaha has been linked with a move away from Crystal Palace. There hasn't been any kind of real links directly to Arsenal. However, the reason why I wanted to highlight this is because I want you to be careful. Uh, if you do start to see some links with Wilfred Zaha popping up again, do not be surprised. It is one of those that you can probably expect to come forward considering he does want to push for a move. Patrick Vieira was, of course, confirmed as Crystal Palace's uh, head coach yesterday uh, and looks like he's one of his first jobs is going to be finding a replacement. I saw Osman tweeting on Twitter. Tweeting on Twitter. I mean, where else are you going to tweet? Um, no, really bad joke. Uh, <laughs> where else are you going to tweet? I mean, it, it, when Osman talks about the fact that he maybe could see Reese Nelson going in the other direction, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Do I see that happening? I don't think Arsenal are going to go for Zaha, but it wouldn't surprise me if there are some links to this guy. So just be aware 
of that. Um, ben White. Now, this is probably one of the biggest stories of the day. Uh, according to Fabrizio Romano, Arsenal are still trying to sort this deal out. Um, there's been a number of stories that came out yesterday, including one from Duncan Castles, about the fact that Arsenal tried to restructure the deal to make it more attractive to Brighton, including more money of an, in upfront payments. And so less of it is structured later on down the line. Still struggling to, to sort out this deal and really kind of agree this deal with Brighton. They are not doing it very... It's, it is not uh, an easy deal to sort out. And for me... I don't know when the, you cut the cords on this. It's a really difficult one. It's a really it's a really tricky situation to turn around and say, look, we're not going to pay over this figure because Brighton are just going to turn around and go, okay, fine. Someone else will pay it eventually because he is that good of a player. But Arsenal supposedly have got a backup plan should they not go for him. And it's someone they've already bidded for in Edmund Tapsoba, the Bayer Leverkusen, uh, Burkina Faso international we have been linked with him by The Athletic previously, and it was revealed by some sources yesterday that Arsenal have actually already bid for this guy two weeks ago. It was rejected, but they very much see him as an alternative to Ben White should Arsenal not get that deal done. Now, <laughs> immediately, I imagine a lot of people turn around and go, well, why don't we just go and sign this guy anyway? Um, because, I mean, I think a lot of people would turn around and say that he's better than Ben White realistically he very much could be and at the end of the day it's about how he would transition to the Premier League how he would deal with that when you've got Ben White that's already Prem proven and got that experience of playing an English top flight it's really difficult to to try and and work out which one would suit the club better Arsenal have backed away from this one after bidding for him initially and have gone for Ben White if the Ben White deal doesn't work out maybe they'll go in with a a more higher bid for for Tapso but we'll wait and see they're also interested in Jules Kunda from Sevilla um, but that wasn't something that they could get done because the the French international wants Champions League football which Arsenal can't um, provide him it's a really the centre-back situation is really odd anyway because I never saw Arsenal going in for a player of these kind of figures at the start of the window. It's really surprising considering how good our defence was last season. But I suppose they see Rob Holding after David Luiz has gone as kind of the number one and that's not good enough. And they see the fact that Rob Holding is there alone because Saliba's going to go, Mavropanos is gone and we've only really got Callum Chambers as a backup but they more see him as a right-back backup it seems. So maybe, and then we know that they've been looking for a right-sided centre-back since January because it was reported that they were targeting one in the January window as well. But who that go, who that is and who they go for is a really difficult um, scenario to try and work out. But that is all of the news um, for today. That is all of our transfer stuff. Now we move on to the final part of the show, which is, of course, getting your thoughts and feelings about Arsenal's transfer situation in the chat box. So you have a question please make sure you throw it in to the video. Before you do, though, uh, quick announcement. Tonight is the return of this. Yeah, very happy about the fact that the TGC podcast is returning this evening for the first official podcast of the season. I will be joined by John and Drew and Owen. This is our show in which our podcast regulars and faces that you guys will be very well familiar with. And some of the new faces to the channel, you may have joined this channel over the summer um, for the first time, having just found it. A lot of based around transfer news. But throughout the season, we do shows, of course, around the whole football season, one of which is the TGT podcast, in which we have a chat with some of our regular guests, some you may have seen before, some uh, may be very new to you, but they're an amazing group of guys 
uh, that come on the channel every single week and we've got a big roster and we rotate and we change guests and they provide some really interesting insights into Arsenal and I hope that you're going to enjoy tonight's episode. It's a lot more chilled. It's a lot less kind of, you know, seriously analytical. Uh, it's a lot more kind of, you know, pub chat at times, which is a good to kind of just sit back, relax, have a beer and uh, and chat about the Arsenal more casually. Anyway, let's jump into the chat box and see what you guys are saying in regards to Arsenal's transfer situations. Joshua Josiah says, Tom, after doing these shows for 63 days, can you see a clarity in our transfer business? Yes, it's a good question. I can see clarity. Obviously, we know the kind of positions that Arsenal are targeting. We've also seen a hell of a lot of links. Now, I've seen more links having obviously writing about football every day and being in with the other clubs and seeing what they're doing. Arsenal are a lot more active than other clubs are right now in regards to links, in regards to who they're bidding for, who they're moving for. And that's encouraging. It shows me that in comparison to our rivals, we are trying to really move for players. The only other team that you really look at as getting being really proactive is Leicester. They've already got in the likes of Samara, et cetera, and they're pushing for uh, other players. They've got Pats and Dakar in too. They're, they're really being really good in their window, as you always expect from Leicester. Uh, they are a, a model to us all, our Leicester City. But it looks like Arsenal know the positions that they want, the players that they want, who they want to go for. It's just now about getting these deals done, which is the hardest part of any transfer window, is getting these deals over the line. And we're going to have to see in the next couple of weeks or so how Arsenal really deal with that situation. So by episode 70, what, 77, when we're two weeks from now, maybe uh, we'll see a couple of signings, maybe even three um, being brought in by the club. That would be great. And that would, of course, be also uh, the first Premier League pre-season game on the 13th of July would have been played. We go off to Scotland very soon to play Hibs and Rangers. So hopefully some deals can be done before then. Um, who's the backup plan for Arsenal again? Chat, I just joined. Uh, Pratama is Edmund Tapsoba. That is supposedly the guy that Arsenal are looking at. Should we not get Ben White? But they have already had a bid rejected for him this window as well. Um, uh, Philip says, question uh, off football, but how are the 5K runs going? Yeah, good, mate. Good. I mean, I've had a little bit of a break and I've rejoined the gym. So hopefully can get more in shape for the wedding next year. That's the plan. We'll wait and see if it actually turns out to be a reality. Amandeep says, should we put an 8 million bid uh, for Villa Park? <laughs> I mean, very brave um, to really try and buy their stadium. I mean, I mean, it's a, it's a tactic that I've not seen, but it's a very aggressive one, Amandeep. Very aggressive indeed. Alan says, is there any links with Madison or has it just gone uh, very quiet? Interesting. Obviously, the AFC Bell tweeted out about Arsenal's interest. Within a few days, we saw uh actual like uh reporters from different websites tweeting about it that's calmed down nothing has come out from that it's amazing how much influence a twitter account can have over the media and about the pressure to report a story and to find out more on a story uh, arsenal will have a long list of players that they are interested in there will be a there will be players on that list that we don't know about that we have absolutely no clue who those players are that Arsenal are interested in signing this summer. If a big account gets some information, be it true or be it a guess, and I'm not saying it was either, that if an account of the size of the AFC Bell, for instance, tweets about a, a player and it happens to be a match to the, one of the players that's on Arsenal's list so that legit sources like Wheatley, like Charles Watts can kind of confirm that there is interest, it becomes a big story for a couple of weeks. 
but ultimately it dies down because Arsenal are not making a move for Madison. It also sparks a lot of your smaller ITK accounts to try and spice up a little bit more interest by claiming that Arsenal have made a bid when there actually hasn't been a bid. So it's very interesting how that happens, but it's a trend that you can spot every single summer. A big account might tweet about a certain player. They might get lucky. They might guess it right. They might guess that it is a player that Arsenal are interested in so that when the big main sources can confirm Arsenal's interest, it becomes a story for a couple of weeks and then it dies away as we are seeing with Madison. It's not to say it won't come back. It might come back if Arsenal do push for this guy, but it only basically came forward because it was a name on a list that hadn't previously been reported, that came up for a couple of weeks, and Arsenal haven't acted upon it right now. So that's the situation that we find ourselves in with James Madison. Um, but like I says, Tom, great show on the 10 replacements for Xhaka. Not much appreciated, no problem. Uh, Drew says, also, why aren't we all over Camavinga now that we know he potentially costs just 10 million more than Lukonga? Uh, we can offer a hell of a lot more game time over PSG or United. Game time, sure. Champions League football, progression, guaranteed trophies. No. And this is the problem, is that, sure, there's going to be a lot of people that are very, very frustrated by maybe United or PSG signing Camavinga for a fee that we know is within Arsenal's reach. But the fact of the matter is, is that we sometimes need to take our arrogant boots off. We can't. We can't compete with those clubs at the moment in terms of what we can offer a player. You've got players like Jules Kunda turning around and going, no, you can do one. I'm not interested in coming to Arsenal because you haven't got Champions League football. It is a big, big, big pull for players to be in that competition. For Arsenal not to be in any European competition is mad. This is why it always staggered me when people ever turn around and said, what's the point of being in the Champions League? Well, we're never going to win it. This is, these are the points. These are the situations. These are the times when those look like such silly viewpoints to have about whether or not we should be in the Champions League because we can't or can or it's very unlikely that we'd win it. Because when you're competing for certain players, having that accolade, having that attractive element to your team is so key. And who is to say that Arsenal aren't haven't bid, haven't inquired, haven't had a word with his agent. We don't know if it has done. But the fact of the matter is, is that we can't offer what Man United and PSG can. Game time is irrelevant in this sense here because it's for a certain player that is of a certain level that wants to go to certain clubs. He wants to go to PSG, it seems, for his main kind of priority. Man United have swooped in and moving very quickly to, to sort out a deal for themselves. And that is ultimately an issue that we've got to change. And that's why we need to be really, really smart in the market. We need to use this window. It's why it's so imperative. It's why I can't get this. I can't emphasize this point anymore. Is that Arsenal need to use this season out of European football without that extra responsibility to push like crazy for the top four. Champions League next season is a must, must target. No excuses, no nothing. This window needs to be good enough so that we can build a team that is capable of competing to get into that top four. And if Arsenal can't do that this summer, there is a such a damaging situation for not just next season, not just the season after, but the next 10 years. This is how important the season is. It's also why I'm very intent on saying that if things aren't going well with Arteta at the start of the season, then you need to make a change. You need to react. You need to act 
upon it. That's the situation we find ourselves in this year. So there you go. Um, Tackle says, uh, Joe Willock is interesting. If Newcastle offer 35 mil, he is gone, but any less is unrealistic. Emil Smith-Rowe is worth 60 to 70 million pounds. Uh, we should also get the white transfer over the line. Fingers crossed that we can get that done. Uh, the real Yanis says, why didn't they react when we were in the Champions League, KSE? Yeah, exactly. We've, we rested on our laurels in the Champions League. We took it for granted. We're out of it now, and we look absolute mugs for it. Absolute mugs for it. We didn't use the Champions League pool anywhere near enough. We didn't build upon Ozil. We didn't build upon Alexis Sanchez. We signed Petr Cech in a single, single window, and we absolutely broke down the foundations that we had originally kind of crafted to build upon and we just failed we ultimately failed in window after window after window and uh it is really costing us now and that's why this window is still so important so so important timothy says don't you think we should have gone for madison before ben white because now we have set a benchmark in terms of price less than now won't want less than 70 million if we're spending 50 million on white tim i think it didn't matter i don't think it matters about going for ben white before madison the price of madison was always going to be that high it was always going to be that amount leicester only sell one big player a season and when they do sell them they make sure they get a ton of money for them we've seen it with chilwell with kante with mares with Maguire, we see it season after season after season they sell one big player and it goes for a hell of a lot of money and they hold on to the rest they will do the same with James Madison and they will accept a price only that they are willing to sell at. It will not be affected by anything else Arsenal does. They will set their price and that will be it. Flying Fish Overlord says, are there any players in the championship that you're interested in other than Buendia, um, who is now a Premier League player technically because Norwich have been promoted? Uh, not to, not really. I mean, if you Brentford, Norwich and uh, who else came up? Last season, Watford, uh, all of their players, like I'd consider now the Premier League level. Uh, Elise from Reading is, is the only real one I can think of. But Elise isn't someone that's going to change our midfield. He's not going to transform things for us. He's an amazing prospect, and I definitely would go and get him. But it's not the signing that's pushing us towards Champions League this season. It's the type of investment that you make for the long term. Uh, the one good, hello, mate, from Guangzhou in China. Absolute pleasure to have you joining us. Uh, let's scroll down a little bit more. Again, where's Max Ahrens is, uh, you know, he's a Premier League player now for Norwich. Uh, Ingar says, in your opinion, Tom, why did Arsenal not go for Samara, but instead decided to go for Lukonga? I think because they're looking for uh, two midfielders this summer. I think they're looking for a midfielder that's going to start, that's going to be your kind of established centre midfielder, and then Lukonga is going to be kind of your uh, experimental prospect backup option that gets rotated in here and there. So I don't think it was a case of one or the other. Samara's your starter, but I think they may want to go for someone who's better than him as your starting midfielder. But we'll wait and see because we don't know who the sentiment is going to be that they're going to go for. Uh, let's scroll down a little bit more. Uh, Cyrus says, I agree with you, Tom. Uh, Champions League is the target, but if you aim for the Champions League, you end up fifth to eighth. But if you aim for the title like current top four, they will once again trickle down and make top four. I understand your theory. Obviously, the target has to be at a minimum top four. If you're saying that we're going to aim for the title then maybe that means that you would end up in top four. I didn't know one. I mean, it's a, it's a weird concept, isn't it? Because you're saying that you're going to aim to get top four. But really, every team starts out the season aiming to 
win as many games as possible. That will obviously lead to, if you win more, you're going to get closer to win the title. If you win less, you could be closer to relegation. So it's all about, obviously, how you change your targets, but you should be aiming to win all of the games. That is a minimum. You just go into every game aiming to win it. It's as simple as that. I mean, there are some games that are more tactical. You might go to a City, you might go to a Chelsea or a United or a Liverpool and try and, you know, stay in the game, especially from an Arsenal perspective. So you're not necessarily aiming in to aim to win it, but you're aiming to not lose it. But do you know what I mean? You're aiming to get as far as you can and pick up as many points as feasibly possible. Chris says, how about Calvin Phillips uh, with Thomas Partey? Again, Calvin Phillips, English at Leeds. They're going to want upwards of £50 million. Absolutely no shadow of a doubt that is what um that they would be asking for so yeah you're looking at a hell of a lot of money to bring him in uh if basuma or sanchez to play the pivot role alongside Partey as locatelli is unrealistic i mean sanchez absolutely not to play a pivot role alongside Partey. i would not want him playing that role um sanchez is not a target that i think arsenal should really go for to be honest i think he when we did our tactical breakdown on renato sanchez he came out very poorly to be honest his injury record is horrific um his defensive capabilities are questionable his best part of his game is his dribbling uh, and his final third creation is still in need of a lot of developments whereas someone like Basuma is much more specialized and really good in more areas like defending discipline positioning mobility um screening and sweeping I think he's all really good at so I'd rather Basuma over a Sanchez 100% I think uh, Renato Sanchez is not the player that we should really go for um, but we might, and he might prove me wrong, in which case I hope he does. Arvin says, Tom, do you think Arsenal will go for Tosin Adarabio uh, if Ben White's deal doesn't go through? His release clause of 10 million expires on the 7th of August, so there's time. Uh, had a really good season for Fulham last year, did Adarabio, who I've now mastered pronouncing his name. Um, and possibly Arsenal ended up going for him. There was interest in him at the start of the window. That's died off. We also had interest in Joachim Anderson. That's died off. Um, but... His buyout clause is very low, and I imagine I'd be surprised if no one went for him. Uh, the price that he's available for it would surprise me. Uh, Drew says, uh, "Is the striker situation slightly concerning? We're a season away from both our main strikers in their thirties, um, and Lacazette might be leaving as well. I mean, they're both in their thirties now. Lacazette's thirty, and Aubameyang's thirty-two. Uh, Aubameyang has two seasons left. Lacazette has one season left. We have Balogun that we've signed up to a new deal." I think, to be honest, next summer is probably the time that we'll sign a new striker. I don't really see Lacazette leaving now. I'll be surprised if he does. I don't see him signing a new contract either. I think this will be his final year and then he'll go, which is a shame because we should have made some money for him when we could have done and we should have tried to sign him up to a one-year extension, which we haven't done. So I think we'll end up next summer maybe pushing for a striker. We will wait and see. Ingar says, what are the chances that Arteta will give Martinelli to play more this season? I am sick to see Laka and Aubameyang missing their chances and being miserable. I mean, it's an interesting one. We're always trying to clamour for Arsenal to try and get top four. and At the same time, we're desperate to see more kids play. I talk about this quite a lot. You need to find the balance. You can't just play a whole team of 20-year-olds and hope to get top four in the Premier League. It's about finding the balance and using your players correctly. Now, if your players aren't performing, sure, swap them out. It's a new season, new leaf, new clean slate. Let's see where the players start off. Harry Evans says, we need a number of positions filled this window, like Cam, two centre midfielders, left back, right back, goalkeeper, based on what we have been linked with. Um, do you think we should only get about, do you think we could only get about five players? What players would they be and how much would they be for? Not, uh, not a sure question, Harry. 
in regards to links, there's only a few positions that I can tell you because ultimately I can't tell you I think we sh we will get in certain positions like attacking midfield because we haven't seen a legit link with anyone so far. There's been stories about interesting players, but nothing about official bids. I can talk to you about left back. We know that we're going to get Tavares and the looks of things. I can talk to you about one of the midfielders because it looks like we're going to get Laconga at centre-back. It looks like we're going to go and get Ben White. Goalkeeper, we're going to get a, probably a homegrown backup and Leno's going to stay. Right back, I can't tell you because, again, we've not pushed for one and we've not yet moved on Hector Bellerin. And I think the other central midfielder that we're going to look at is probably going to be from a, a group of your Ruben Neves to your... Well, I mean, we haven't seen too many other links uh, with bids or moves for that that position either, really. So I hope that we can get in your Locatelli. That's your dream scenario, but I doubt that that will be the case. And I think maybe we'll end up pushing again for Ruben Neves, but we will wait and see. But I can't give you names in other positions because we just haven't seen any legit links. And I'll be purely guessing at this point, which I'd prefer not to do. Um, TGOG says, uh, what? What is the question there? Um, Sasha says, do you think David Luiz had any input into Arteta's opinion of Saliba? Meaning Luiz told Arteta that Saliba is unready. Um, no, I don't think so. I would have been very surprised if that was the case. I don't know why that would happen. That's weird. Yeah, I don't I, I don't think so. Uh, Snow says, Tom, wouldn't the loss of Martinelli and Saka to international tournaments leave us a little light on the flanks and forwards? Martinelli isn't going, I don't think, to the Olympics anymore. So he is coming back. Saka will obviously need a bit of a rest and may not be available for the start of the season. We'll have to wait and see. Um, in terms of... Uh, Pepe is going to be available. In terms of Martinelli, we've already talked about it's going to be available. Uh, Willian, we don't know about. Emil Smith-Rowe, if we sign an attacking midfielder, can play in a wide area. He'll be available. Uh, Martinelli, yeah, I mean, I think we'll be fine. I don't think we're going to go for a wide player. I'll be very surprised. So we'll wait and see. Uh, Wilson says, do you think Arsenal should be aiming higher than top four? Or am I being too greedy? I mean, Arsenal should always be aiming for the ultimate every single time, but the realistic goal should be top four. That should be the expectation. That should be the expectation of what we are as close to, if not in, by the end of next season. If we're not in it and we miss out by like a point or two points, I can live with that. If we're like seven, eight, nine, ten points away from top four, it's an absolute, absolute failure of a season. I can I can somewhat come to terms with finishing a point or two off top four next season because I still think we need a hell of a lot more quality to compete with your Liverpool, your Cities, your Uniteds, um and and, uh, and your Chelsea's of this world and they will be the, the favourites to get top four those those four teams because they have a much better squad than Arsenal so we need to try and improve the squad as much as possible so that we are pushing for that and now we haven't got any European football we've got a real chance to push for that so we'll wait and see but fingers crossed we can get that to that stage next season um so he also says Tom uh, should we pay Willian out I mean no um two years on a 200 plus week contract is a lot of money to pay off in one summer. So no, I wouldn't. Uh, Tom Martinelli, I believe, has been added. Has he been re-added to the Olympic squad? Because I know that he initially didn't get in, but unless he's been re-added, he didn't get. He didn't make the final cut. So uh, we'll need to check that one. Uh, Wesley says, Tom, do you think if Mainsley decides to play at right back, we would give him a chance and not go for Bellerin's replacement? Also, uh, would you do it? No, because I think the right back's a position that we genuinely need a, a serious upgrade in. I don't believe Mar uh, Maitland-Niles is that player. 
I think we need to actually push for a specialized right back who's a real upgrade on what we've already got. Um, let's let's have a look and actually check that Martinelli news. Has he been re-added to the Olympic squad? Let's just quickly check. Um, uh, Brazil name? Yes, so Martinelli has been called up. So there you go. So Martinelli's not going to be available at the start of the season from the looks of things, which is frustrating. Um, well, Danny Alves is in it. <laughs> that's, that's pretty weird. Um, and never to mind over Charleston. That's a bit of a blow. But, I mean... If if it's a case of um, the first few games where you're without Martinelli, we're without Saka, then you've got Smith Rowe, you've got Pepe. Um, you, we, you never know. We could end if you end up selling Willian, you never know. We may end up going for a wide player. You've got a Bamiang that can play in a wide area as well. I think we have enough, but we have some really difficult games against Chelsea, against Man City. There is a there's, there's part of me that goes, it's, it's a little bit fortunate that we play those teams so early because obviously they will be missing quite a few of their own uh, players that have been at international tournaments. So you have to consider that. I mean, Man City, you think, would be without the likes of Laporte. They'd be without Foden. They'd be without um, Bruno Fernandes. Not Bruno Fernandes. Uh, Bernardo Silva, sorry. Um, they'd be without maybe De Bruyne who's suffered an injury so maybe we get lucky Chelsea would be without the likes of Havertz and Timo Werner but it depends on when they would come back like they, they would have been they would have been back with the, the on their holidays a week or two weeks before the rest so it depends on when they get them back we'll wait and see Ruben Diaz yeah there's plenty that those teams will be without so maybe it'll be a blessing that we play those teams early in the season we'll have to wait and see um, Alan says 10 alternative videos are the best when Bellerin goes can we see some 10 alternative right backs is a video that I do plan on doing very soon uh, as well as um, possible strikers as well as um, backup goalkeepers I think there's a lot of shows that we need to look at doing a top 10 video for uh, Tarun thank you so much for the donation mate amazing how much time is being spent on Ben White and Ramos's contract uh, when the three priority positions are attacking midfield starting sentiment and the right back only AFC again it could be the fact that we're just waiting for those positions to become more available later on in the window some positions only become available later on because of certain dominoes needing to fall first but we will wait and see. Anyway, um, there's over 600 of you guys watching. If we could get over 100 likes to start the video, that'd be really great. So please do drop a like a video if you have enjoyed the show. I'll be back a little bit later on today for the TGT podcast. I'm going to be talking a lot about William Saliba, a lot about Arsenal's transfers. Again, uh, I'm going to be joined by three fantastic guests in Drew, John and Owen as well. Getting the team back together. It's going to be a lot of fun. Eight o'clock UK time. Make sure you tune in for that. Uh, an absolute pleasure to speak to you guys as always. I'll see you again very, very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your Mook delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.